What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Middle Hey, B. Hey! Now batting. Live sports. And this is going to be like the real prize money that they get to keep. I guess they can donate it if they want the golf tournament this week. But this is not, you know, five million bucks on this putt. But it's actually five million bucks is getting donated either way, right? This is a little more juice this week. I actually got in the background of recording this. Uh, I, I can't claim to be anything more than just a desperate human being. I don't claim to watch this. Sport might even be strong. Na- the NASCAR event on. No fans flying around the track. I don't know if you saw, but during like the peak of Corona, when no one could, uh, before social distancing died over the last week, these guys were doing like legitimate simulated NASCAR runs like together, like all throughout, like uh, kind of like a video game. Well, you telling me NASCAR just came back. I thought it came back like three weeks ago. I, I think it did come back within the last couple of weeks, but it, you know, a month and a half, two months ago, they were all doing simulated stuff on video games. No. And I heard a guy on the radio within the last couple of days that said it actually, you know, it looks like fun and it is fun, but it do, did help them kind of like, again, not, you know, I don't know if it, it translates maybe more than like if Kyle Shanahan was playing Madden, you know, <laughs> <laughs> during OTAs, even, even though he's always claimed that he thought Madden helped him, remember? Yeah, yeah, but that was more of a rhythm play calling thing, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they do have really high level simulators. I remember... When my dad was stationed at Luke Air Force Base in Arizona, that's the F-14, F-14, F-16, F-15, F-16 training base for the Air Force. And our next-door neighbor was a pilot, and he yeah. took us into the flight simulator. Like, they use real fight flight simulators to practice their flying, so maybe they just got some really high-level— You know, I don't think it's like the ones we used to play on my— Do you ever play any flying games on your desktop at home? I de- like, definitely did. With, like, the arrows? <laughs> Do you Space remember bar? 
probably when we were like 12, 13, the arcade video game that was like NASCAR where you sat. Yeah. And it was actually pretty sweet. It's it was pretty intense. Yeah. I mean, it was probably one of the top five arcade games ever. Yeah. So an arcade, you know, they kind of peaked until like Xbox and everything got so cool. They don't even need, you don't need to go to arcade, right? Yeah. <laughs> you just interact with your buddies over a headset. Uh, or people you don't know. Games change. My dad actually, for like a year, was a part owner in this thing called The Library in downtown Davis. Okay. With our accountant, Chuck Gunther. And it was, The Library was a, just a arcade in, da- in Davis. Right next to Woodstocks. How old were you? Yeah, probably like 12, 13, 14 in that age. I mean, it was pretty cool. Were you cool. going a lot? Yeah, I mean, well, it's like you needed someone to drop you off downtown yeah, Davis. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I went. I, I didn't say I was like a frequent visitor. Yeah. I remember he wouldn't give me like free tokens, so it was kind of a shitty deal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Uh, this podcast today brought to you by DraftKings. Download the DraftKings app. Use the promo code HAM. Uh, and uh, and then in addition to getting into the big DraftKings uh, million dollar top prize with your first deposit, you get a free shot at that when you use the promo code Ham. You can also get in our game, which we'll put the link down in the description on our YouTube video. Um, I think we can put it in the description on the podcast uh, too. So either way, you should cool. be able to get that. Link and for there. those of li- those listening on the podcast, we'll tweet it out and I'll link it on my Instagram somehow. So yeah. Uh, should be a fun way to, you know, open back up the PGA Tour. It's actually, we've done it a lot over the last couple of years for football, and it's pretty set up kind of perfectly for golf. This would be my first time ever doing it for golf, but just building a little team and mm-hmm. same same mindset, right? Yep. You get six players. Yeah, I'm actually pretty excited. I've already got I've already got my roster in. You've got yours in. So there's in the game that we have, which is not related. Definitely download the app and use the promo code Ham. But then also get in our game uh, as of this recording. We're the only two in the game because we just made it seconds ago. So go get in that game. And then uh, podcast also brought to you by uh, Raycon Earbuds. That's buyraycon.com, B-U-Y, buyraycon.com slash ham. You have the new E25s. Mm. They're sweet. Best, They're best earbuds yet. You have them. I have them. Uh, I'm going to wear them to work out a little later. Good. So love them. Uh, all right. A lot to get to. You know, a lot happened last week. We only had one podcast last week. Uh, I got some some thoughts on on last week and the carryover to this week and and what it will lead to. So we'll get to that as well coming up in the podcast today. Uh, but we thought we would start with just the fact that we do have sports this week. I mean, we've had a few events, I'd say, right? Like the Tiger Phil deal was an event the week before with the four guys. That was an event. But as much my, money, my, the Michael Jordan document documentary became yeah. an event, but it wasn't like live sports. Yeah. Well, what, the reason I call those things event is it's like as much money was on this. Like we raised twenty one million, didn't re- like Tiger. There wasn't like he just wanted to win for he wanted to win, but there wasn't fifteen million dollars on the putt that was going to get lost if he didn't make it. It was just all that money was going somewhere whether he made the putt or missed the putt, right? Guy, guy Tom Brady was hitting like two hundred yard slices into the trees on every hole. <laughs> Not yeah, there well, wasn't <laughs> until was he cool, hit the shot but, of the day. Yeah, there was an element of him just slapping it around. Do you think we'll get uh, DraftKings baseball? Is that coming back at any point? Well, it's pretty nuts. We, we've been talking about this. Once Corona got you know really serious in terms of shutting everything down early April, and it was clear, like, we're going to be missing things for a little while. I think, I know me personally, I thought everything would come back around June at some point in time, right? Just early, mid, just 
start remp, re, re, you know, revamping the reamping everyone back into the mode of things. Yeah, I didn't think I would get three quarantine haircuts, and I don't know how long. It was been like two months since I got my second one. Well, I, I never thought that it would take the NBA, and they feel like they're getting a lot of kudos online. It took them three months just to announce that they're two months away. That's pretty nuts yeah. when you really take a step back and look like, couldn't they kind of ramp up in a week or two? <laughs> you know, at least get everyone back together, which I'm still baffled they couldn't. NASCAR, like you said, I think has been going on for a couple weeks. Golf was always, I'd have to look back when they announced, but it felt like just off the top of my head, late April, like we're going to be back in mid-June. Like they, they had this date set or maybe early May, but it's been set now for at least a month, maybe longer. The golf was coming back this week. Baseball, I was confident before I really thought about it. Maybe I just gave them way too much credit that they would just figure out a fucking way to get on the same page. I thought baseball would fly back before basketball. And clearly they, I mean, hell guy, if they figure something out in the next week, they still could, you know, be beat them by a month or whatever, or even start training camps in a couple weeks. But I'm starting to get the feeling. Did you read the Jeff Passan in-depth article about the money and the differences and how much they're losing? I mean, it was a pretty complicated article, but it, you also saw like, couldn't you guys, the owners, and listen, I, I tend, I guess, to be more pro-owner in the sense of I'm just more pro-sport. I want the sport to happen because I'm pro-fan. Fans pay my bills. They also pay the players' bills. The players always pretend like this money comes from somewhere else. Like, the money comes from the fans. I want the fans to be as happy as possible. And I, I feel this way, so I can only imagine what, like, diehard fans feel like. I'm exhausted. Like, I, I am no longer, after reading that pass an article I'm not going day to day and I became like this with the NBA I'm not living day to day with your updates and your leaks just when you come back or if you're not coming back I'll be in or out I mean just I'll obviously I mean I'll watch if you come back and if you don't I just won't but I'm not my my level of like anxiety of when they're going to come back and excitement like that's just gone I don't know and I know you love baseball yeah guy I've tapped out no I mean look my thing with them is they're constantly trying to get us to pick a side and to your point, I'm on I'm on neither side. Now, the fact is, if we really dug in and you really step back, you go, okay, whose side should you be on? Maybe you should be on the player side, but that's irrelevant. Like, when the when baseball, when, when they had a strike in the early 90s, the whole sport suffered. Not just the owners, not just the players, the whole sport. When Sosa and McGuire had the home run chase, the whole sport benefited, the players and the owners. When they as a sport had their steroid scandal, the ones that the players participated in, the ones that the owners ignored, they as a sport suffered. Part of this deal is like, look, I'm rooting for both of you to figure it out and get along and have a business. Like your job is to figure it out between the two of you, not to fight over who fans should support more. Like I'm not into supporting one side guys. Your job is as a sport to figure it out together. And they've always had the most problems. Well, I don't care. I don't care what you do. I don't care who wins or who loses. I just, you're, and, and by the way, to your point on fans, you're not going to get fans to cry about, oh, you're only getting 40% of a $20 million. Maybe it's not fair. I don't know. I don't know what the owners are making. Neither do you. You say they make more than they say. Your job is to work together and figure it out. Like at the end of the day, if me and you had a problem over revenue splitting of this podcast, people who love the podcast could pick a side 
But if we're not putting out a podcast, at the end, they're just not getting the product. So it doesn't matter who they root for, who they agree with. Uh, you know, I call her daddy just got back on the podcast. They just found a like, you know what? We're rid of you, we're back. Like, yeah. it's just, I don't care how you do it. I just know you're, I just. I, Averman's, Averman's had some time on his hands over quarantine. I'm here. just not rooting for either one of you. Like, your jo- and, and, you guys are in this together. Your job is to I, work together. I think you hit it on the head is that, listen, if you really dove into the details, there's a large possibility that the owners are probably fucking them a little bit, right? And just if you get into the nitty-gritty details, because I think the casual fan would be like, well, Bryce Harper, Manny Machado, Max Scherzer, all the guys that are the loudest. I guess Manny's not, but you know what I mean. The Verlanders, how are they getting screwed? Like They're part of some of the greatest contracts in the history of humankind. Like, that's like Bob Iger money. You know, they're making like $30, $40 million a year. And like you said, I get it, Max. And, and I think you are a player that like most casual sports fans, once they watch you play, like, I like that fucking guy, right? He's just one of those guys. Like, that's a type player. I think Max Scherzer is a good example of. He's been pretty outspoken on this. Yeah, he's been good. If, like, you just watch him. Yeah, and, and he's well thought out. And if you just watch him pitch, you go, we always say this. All any fan wants in their athlete to think like, you know what, win or lose, especially with their good players, like this guy couldn't give a shit anymore. Like he's all his chips are in the middle of the table and Max is like that. But it's like, Max, you're not going to get much sympathy. It's like, well, listen, my $33 million, it's got to be 17.6. It's got to be exactly 50%. I will not take the 12.4 of the prorated 82 games. Like you're just not going to get much sympathy right now because before when strikes have happened, Sometimes I forget, like, a strike is when the players leave. When I was in the NFL and we had the lockout, the lockout that was yeah. the, the owners say, you can't show up. So I, I think sometimes we just throw them both out like they're kind of one in the same. Right. And that's and it gets back to the fan. I don't think the fan has that much time. When we got the craziest three months, you could argue, of our lifetime, just in terms of everything shut down, 40 million people on the streets, to really break it down like, what is really going on? Like, they just that ain't happening right now. And every other sport guy is just back in some form or fashion. Like, you think NASCAR right now, ideally, I don't even know where they're racing in Atlanta. I, I would imagine the Georgia's been lifted their shit a month and a half ago. They probably could have pushed the envelope mm. and got some people Lift there. Your shit. But, but they, they're Lift just your they're shit. just racing. So even if you can't have people there, I flip on Fox today and there's Harvick and Truex Jr. and Kyle Bush, they're just racing. By the way, my right? favorite name is Martin Truex Jr. Couldn't pick him out of well, a lineup. Wouldn't know him if he knocked on my front door. Martin one Truex thing Jr. I've w- w- one thing I've noticed Truex just looking Jr. up at the at the leaderboard. I don't think you call it that in racing. The uh, however, whatever it's considered, you don't the top yeah, ten. It's, a, it's not a leaderboard. Hey, well, like yeah, maybe it is. So the leaderboard. Who's got pole this position? Is, this is the thought uh, Harvick the does right now. Uh, but the pole is where it start is yeah, where you start, right? No. And I think if you're looking at the PGA, like who's going to be good, and this probably speaks to the NBA, whether you have a layoff, it actually probably works more in a layoff. The best players could probably really separate in a layoff, right? Because their advantage of just – they're just better. So your advantage sometimes as – like the the Harvick, Truex Jr., Kyle Busch, Denny Hamlin, and Jimmy Johnson are five out of the top six right now, and they've been racing for a couple weeks or whatever. But you just look, I bet on the PGA Tour, when the dust settles these next couple weeks. You just think the most the, talented guys are going to be winning. Yeah, like, it's like, could. Not to give away your DraftKings lineup, but. No, but I, I actually didn't even, I didn't approach it like that. I might have I to didn't go either. I took, Well, I took but, one, but. 
but you read articles sometimes like could the the Lakers be in trouble and like could Milwaukee get a weird series? Probably not. Like they Giannis should just kick everyone's ass when they come back. LeBron should right. just kick everyone's ass. The teams ass. who who can rely on one guy to just dominate. And it probably speaks when we start talking about football because none of the stuff happened all off season. Maybe it won't have that much of an impact at all on football just because everyone's kind of been the same. It's not like anyone was really able to practice. Maybe it doesn't parallel as much as the other sports that were already going, right, that had to stop. Yeah, those be, those might be a little more dependent on, do you have a bunch of guys coming back? That, yeah, like scheme, your team. The scheme stay the same. You don't have one. Your, court, your quarterback, been starting quarterback for a while. I, you know, it'll be a sad moment for the history of their sport that was once in our lifetime called legitimately, and no one argued it, the American pastime. It wasn't like, well, it's like football. It was just football was big when we were growing up, and it was like baseball is the American pastime. It's no longer the case. I think football currently clearly is. I don't know if it's America's pastime. It's like what we watch and talk about. It's America's about, current right? time, yeah. Our, our, what Americans like to you know, spend money and sit on their couch and watch right now is football. But I think baseball guy – is not going to play if they don't play this year. They were two years away because after next year, the new they, they had to get a new CBA. How would that not be really ugly after this debacle? You could just be looking at a, a a league that's spiraling out of control in the sense of all over, you know, a billion here, a billion there. Which I mean, it's a shitload of money. But could you guys just meet in the middle for the love of God and just get this figured out? It, it really it shows you the more money you make sometimes. At just historic levels, right? Once you, let's say you and I were both making $5 on this podcast. It's pretty easy to figure shit out because there's not that much money on the line. But if I said in six months, we're both making $5 million on this podcast, maybe we butt heads over some shit. Just like it's, it's a lot easier to deal with each other, you know, and hell, they were having issues in 94 when the money wasn't even close. So like you said, they have a history of butting heads where I think football probably is the best example. Now they have things going for them in terms of short career spans. Money's not guaranteed. It's a, it's a lot. It doesn't parallel the business models, but they have like, they were able to get on the same page for as ugly as it could have been. It really wasn't right. They got a CBA done relatively pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know, man. I, I think baseball Kind of in a scary time if you are a baseball fan. Like it's not just this year, but just they have a new CBA they got to figure out. Well, it's just kind of down a slippery slope. Yeah, and the, to me, the worst part is is not what could be the downside, but the the missed upside. Right, like the here here is as bad. What if I told as you is, opening day was in two and a half weeks. Dodgers, Giants, and you had this condensed schedule, and there was less off days, and you were playing doubleheaders, and. And like all of a sudden, you were doing the ESPN stuff was going to have your games on every night just the, because they needed something. The to play. one thing that your sport misses, just because the world has changed, is like this nightly urgency. And all of a sudden, through a horrible circumstance, you're gifted this opportunity to just change because you have to because there's no other choice, and it just falls in your lap. And people are begging for dying for sports. It's like, oh, yeah, cool. And then you just go. I, I, I'll be honest, guy. If they if they don't play, I th- I'm not the type of guy to say they've lost me. Because yeah, I mean, whenever they'll be back, I'll pay attention. But they 
they will lose a piece of me while I'll lose some respect for this unreal opportunity. And that that to me probably falls a little bit on the more on the owners. I don't expect the players to even think like that. Right. They're getting especially the highly paid guys cuz it doesn't matter. To me the owners, this is where you guys deserve for your league to get in major trouble in the in the near future if you couldn't realize everything like you just said that you missed out on. You had an opportunity at minimum like 30 days yourself of just like fuck Kershaw's on tonight. ESPN primetime Wednesday. There ain't shit else on, right? And even it's if just, even uh, if we get to a point where it's not to yourself, where you just have a consumer that just starved, and maybe you, yeah, maybe you don't have. Maybe to, you add a couple just, kids, guy. Who knows? Yeah, it's um, it's a, it's a it's a set it's a money. As as someone it's all about who, money, as someone who loves baseball, right? Like really has always loved. Like it was my first favorite sport. I wore a baseball uniform for like three years straight. Just this pinstripe thing. My mom had to wash it every night or every few days, whatever. Like, I just love baseball. And I root for the sport. Like, I want the sport to maintain what it once was or at least get somewhere close or be in the conversation. I love when it's people are just talking about the divisional races in September. Like, I love that stuff. I'm nostalgic for it. But I also recognize it's just not what it used to be. And I'll be mad at them for not helping themselves at a time when they needed to help themselves. Uh, you know what? One thing I'll still I watch is as much sh- baseball. Like you know, like I won't. But one thing I think is a little shocking. It'll be harder to stand up for them. That's like I, I've always I, done. I, yeah, I agree. Is that, and maybe it's a negotiation ploy, and the their agents and the players' union are pushing them to keep quiet. But I do feel like if this situation, let's say, it was the NFL and the other sports were coming back, and for whatever reason, the NFL were at an impasse money-wise, but it was relatively close. I, I, it feels like the Mahomeses and the Rodgers and, like, a, a Brady or, a, or a, you know, a, I'm trying to think of a – Richard Sherman, whoever, would be like, God, I, just, I, I miss playing football. And, again, I'm not trying to be naive. There, there's money in a lot. I'm just shocked that we haven't seen many guys just tweet, like, Fuck, I miss playing baseball. You know, it's like, where's their passion? That's and I follow a decent amount of baseball players on, but just a story like, listen, I I, I know I can't play until we figure this out. It's out of yeah. my control, but yeah. fuck, I miss I miss tying on the cleats. I miss getting in the who, box four times a who game. Who was it? Do you remember see like a month ago? Was it Joey Gallo? Somebody who had set up like a batting net on the balcony of their condo? No. Like that, it was just cool. It was like, look at this guy, or maybe it was like in his. I think it was on the balcony of his condo. You know, it must have been like. I'll say this for Bryce: of a building. You follow Bryce on Instagram; he'll be in the cage. Yeah, you know, it's like I, at I least I Bryce think the guy Bryce likes is, to hit. Bryce being good is good because Bryce is baseball's biggest star, most famous. Yeah, probably. He's, yeah, probably. Right. I mean, right. he's yeah, he's a big deal. Um, you mentioned Richard Sherman. We, you and I both watched. We did a couple of videos about a couple of things that Kyle Shanahan said in his uh, meeting with reporters. I guess it was Thursday, right, on Zoom. Yeah. Um, we did a couple. Like one, the days are all the same. Yeah, I know. It was uh, it was Thursday, and he talked about Jimmy a lot. But he also spent most of at least the first half of the Zoom conversation talking about uh, racial issues and Black Lives Matter and kind of his thoughts and he 
had some incredible answers. Somebody, he got asked a question about what's he telling his kids, and he gave, and I thought, oh, that's kind of a tough spot for him to be in. But he, he gave, as I was watching, but he gave a really great, thoughtful, this isn't, Bob Lang didn't have to hand, hand him bullet points on how to handle yourself. Um, it just, I hate to call it a test, but every time he gets a chance to lead, you remember back when we used to talk about him, like, ah, oh, he's a great X and O guy. We know he's a great play caller, but is he head coach material? You know, is he too abrasive or does he know how to lead? Is he too young? It wasn't that long ago. I mean, those questions are long gone. I, I think it's really, really impressive for a younger coach to be that authentic, right, and, and be that comfortable in such a weird time. You would say a lot of coaches can get into a situation, even veteran guys. I'd say the NFL probably always has, but definitely now has a lot of big personalities and guys that older guys that are very, very comfortable in their own skin, right? I mean, guys that have just had a lot of success. Even Belichick like can hang, handle on any topic, or Andy, or Sean Payton, or Pete Carroll. But I do think for younger guys, these situations, you're just, you know, it just to me it'd be easy to be a little insecure about certain things, and especially if you have less equity in your own locker room, right? Yeah, and I I, I actually think he is one of the most self secure guys in the league, despite now he has a unique resume right he's it's football is just a way of life in his family he was around it at a really high level and then he legitimately and we see it a lot now and you and I talk about it with the coaching hires like a lot of guys actually don't have that much experience you know back in the day like the Mike Holmgren's when he gets the Packer job well he had been Bill Walsh's right-hand guy for like 10 years or Mike Shanahan offensive play caller forever and these guys took him forever now it's like one year boom Matt LaFleur head coach like it Kyle Shanahan spent 10 years as an offensive coordinator. So just that alone, like that was kind of old school. So you just had been in a position of just been through a lot of things had also bounced around the league and seen a lot of things. I actually think he doesn't probably get the credit for just, God, he has kind of been around, right? Yeah. He's just been with this guy, been yeah. with that guy, saw this, coached this guy. It, I, sometimes that really, really helps. And I think sometimes we don't ever discuss that. Like I'll say this for, for Salah. Seattle. Then he went to Jacksonville. Now he comes to 49ers. Like you go, okay, if he's, you know, Kyle's DC for five years, he's done some things, right? right? It wasn't just a one and done guy. Uh, now Lafleur, I, I saw he made some, like he's an impressive guy, right? It's just his experience level is nowhere near the level, let's say, and even Sean McVay. Now he's been the head coach the same length as Kyle, but it, it just. I'm with you. I just watching his words. You're like, God. And then also you like hear him talk. He's like, well, we got a Muslim coach. We have a black coordinator. We have a lesbian on staff. You know, half of our coaches are minorities and it doesn't feel like he's forcing the minority. Like he's just like, yeah, I just knew these guys. I would work with Hightower in Washington. I knew Sala from the Houston Texans. I knew this guy from, and it's like, you know, it's like, God, you're just hiring guys. Yeah. Good coaches. Maybe that's part of it just because he's been around the sport. His network is maybe bigger than somebody who is his age would normally have. Um, Definitely, right? Like he, and and he, because he was a coordinator for a long time. I guess he would be kind of in charge of some other assistants to some degree. Yeah, on the well, especially staff. when you work for when you work for defensive head coaches as he did with Petten and then Dan Quinn, 
he usually you get a lot of autonomy maybe yeah. to hire at minimum two or three offensive coaches, right? So he's hired guys before. I uh, I think that, it's, that can't hurt. I think it's one of the many benefits. That's not an un. It's not unfair that he has this advantage, right? When it's like, oh, is he? Did he get chances because he's Mike Shanahan's son? Like, why? What is different about him because he's Mike Shanahan's son? I think maybe this is one of those things, right? Because he's been around the game, he's been around locker rooms, he's been around head coaches, he's been around players, he's been around coaches for so long. He's just so comfortable that what he feels is right is right. Um, you, there's just we've, we've said it. I think it's one of the, probably the the mantra. I say it all the time, and it, not even in the context of the podcast or of sports. But there's just no. I say it a lot to um, think about this guy. College broadcasters cut. who ask me. There's just so much you can't replace experience. He did cut Kaepernick, and that's something. And yeah. I'm not saying it wasn't the right move, but that's not something that really stays with him in a situation that it kind of feels like it could. Right. If it if it wasn't like clearly, it would not have fit what he wanted to do, and it never felt. And people don't hold him to that because it wasn't like he didn't cut him or not be interested in him because of everything that was going on. Like, clearly, I don't think he would care. He doesn't care, right? You know, I mean. I, I think there's going to be a large percentage of players kneeling this fall, definitely early on in the season. Yeah, and uh, that'll that can lead us to Drew Brees. You want to get to Brees? Yeah. DraftKings first, though. Uh, yes. So you see it at the bottom on the YouTube, and kind of an update on Brees. This isn't a rehash on Brees, but you see it on the YouTube. Very simple. PJ Tour's back. Full week of golf ahead of us. And – the big cash prizes are out there to be won. DraftKings, the official daily fantasy game of the PGA Tour, is putting you in the center of the action with a free shot at one at a $1 million top prize with your first deposit. Okay, here's the key. You just download the app. If you're listening, you don't have the app. I was once like that. Haberman was once, once like that. We downloaded the app, use the promo code HAM, and it's easy to play. We're going to have the links in the YouTube. The link will be in the podcast. We'll tweet out the link. It's very easy. You just pick six golfers. You get $50,000. Every golfer has a value. You know, Rory's like 11. You get some guys for like eight, and you just put together a team, and it won't allow you to go over, and you can go on. It's re- it's really simple. It could not be any easier. Uh, the more red numbers they have on the leaderboard, the closer you'll be to winning some green. Uh, rack up points for pars, birdies, finishing position. It's fun. I mean, I, I actually can't wait, guy. I'm dead serious. Uh, part of it is just sports back, but that we got this game. Uh, download the DraftKings app now. If you don't have it, download the app now. Use the promo code HAM. Get a free shot at $1 million top prize. Your first deposit, the promo code is HAM. Get a free shot at $1 million with your first deposit. We also got games out on DraftKings. You can find it in the links and uh, come play with us. Minimum $5 deposit required. Deposit requires a 25-time playthrough. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Nailed it. Uh, so, Drew Brees. You know, uh, I... I struggled last week for sure, just in terms of like, what should I say? What should I tweet or Instagram or not how I now how not how I should feel? Just was there a value in saying something? And one of the reasons I struggled with it is because I didn't want just for me, I didn't want to be saying what everybody else was saying, even though a lot of people were nailing it and a lot of people with much better perspectives, a.k.a. non-white people. We're giving a lot of great perspective. Um, and I didn't want to be, even though it, it was authentic, like how I feel is authentic, I didn't want to join the chorus of 
just people saying it maybe because it's kind of the CYA, like I better get it out there on the record that I'm on the good side. And if anyone ever checks my Twitter, then they'll know that. So that that was the part I struggled with. Um, and I don't know. I don't know if other people felt that way. Maybe people did. You and I have talked about this a long time. Like I, in many ways, I think there was this big world outside of social media and outside of Twitter and outside of Instagram that it's easy if you're on those uh, platforms a lot like I am, like you are, like probably everybody watching this is, YouTube, um, it's easy to forget that. And so my struggle with tweeting something was like, how do I say something that is useful to people that I don't agree with or that disagree with me? that other people aren't saying, right? Okay, I could just hashtag Black Lives Matter. That's valuable, but I guess, I don't know. I mean, I think we saw this with Colin, and this is what I kept thinking about is like, you know, we were doing two hours of radio a day, so I didn't feel constrained then to like, oh, you know, I better tweet something. We just had two hours. We just talked about it every day. We got it all out. It was this ongoing conversation. And, uh this felt a little different to me this time around. I don't know why. Um, but the one thing I always go back to, I remember I loved his, like history class as a kid. I was not good at math, science, but like history, the writing stuff. I loved all that. And I always like one of the things that stuck with me as a kid was just opening a history book and seeing some of when you had when you're learning about uh, civil rights movements and you'd have these pictures of like rallies. And I always remember looking at these pictures of people who are anti-civil rights movements thinking like did they have any idea they would end up in a history book and on the wrong side of history like do they have any clue did they care did they think that would be a possibility that that always stuck with me as a kid like just no matter what even if you don't quite get it just if you could if you think you know which is the right side of history be on the right side of history um and i'd say civil rights is something that's consistently been pretty clear what the right side of history is going to be uh one thing you remember when muhammad ali died how many people came out and said this is awesome that people are revering and have revered muhammad ali but that is not the life muhammad ali lived when he was in his prime protesting he was getting crushed you know crushed crushed um tommy smith and John Carlos at the 68 games, right? The guys that put their fist in the air on the medal stand. One of the things they were protesting was the treatment of Muhammad Ali. One of the things they were protesting was, I, and I didn't realize this, John, until I went back and read some quotes. Uh, Tommy Smith said one of the things they were protesting was a lack of black assistant coaches. So they were protesting big picture in things. The, in, the, in the games? Yeah, just the Olympic, like the Olympic team. Yeah. Right? So they were protesting... Uh, lack of access to good housing and lack of access to good colleges and Muhammad, the treatment of this was 68. Ali was 60, started in 67, I think was the first of his three years they didn't box. But one of the things was just lack of black coaches. And here we, that was 1968. Here we are in 2020. And we're just, one of the things we're talking about is lack of black coaches. So last week is awesome. The continuation. Well, it's, it's one of the number one, wouldn't you say, every single year for feels like a, for a long time in the NFL. Yeah. It, it comes up every and time. And the numbers. Kyle talked about it. He did. On, and it, But it applies in college football, too, and it doesn't really get talked about as much in college football. But so I guess part of me was like, 
last week, this week, all that stuff is awesome. I just, I hope it maintains. I hope it carries on. I hope it's not, okay, we did our part. We set our piece. Now, whatever, we're on to the next cause until something else happens. And I don't know, it does feel kind of different to me. It feels like maybe it'll, maybe it'll be more impactful long-term. And this is where Drew Brees comes in. Drew can play a really critical role for the NFL from a business standpoint. Because clearly, would you agree with this? The NFL has put itself in a position that they, as a league, are going to have to handle this season and, like you said, protests from players differently than they handled Colin. Do you agree with that? Like by 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 all the teams tweeting out, by all the teams tweeting out Black Lives Matter, by it becoming. You see today the Denver Broncos, like sixty members and their entire coaching staff was like leading the uh, leading the Denver rally, the protest. Yeah, I mean Vaughn Miller to Fangio to Pat Shermer to Drew Locke. I mean, I think they had like fifty players, coaches, and I think the NFL, a lot of players and NBA players have been all over these rallies. It's become now, more NBA, acceptable all- to need. I mean, acceptable. It's Colin was like it, right? A couple other guys did it, but he they they were extreme outliers that kneeled during the anthem. Now we've got people, you know. Now sometimes you might say it's for a photo op, whatever. But you got police officers kneeling with, like, it's just yeah. you're right. It's going to happen more. And by doing saying the things the NFL has said, which they have, you know, they didn't get much credit for here in the last few days. Nor should they. These are just wor- these are just tweets on Twitter. Like, they, guy, they people are talking shit about it. Yeah, well, I mean, but you. Based on their resume, right? Yeah, because they they haven't really stood well, for this stuff. Well, well I, he, I I think it's twofold. I think Colin Kaepernick. I don't think it's disputable. Blackballed, kicked out of the league, right? But I do think the NFL. You could kneel. You know, Kenny Stills knelt forever. Uh, Eric Reed's played in the league. Now he was out for a quick second, but then he came back. Never stopped kneeling. It's not. It, it was just Colin. I think for them, symbolized symbolize business losses like that to me when I think Kaepernick and I think the league and that their their interaction was less about and I understand the media loves acting like they're anti-black or whatever to me they're not it was just simply the ratings started tanking and the ratings are their lifeblood so like they yeah. they live on the ratings more than any like if, the NBA had, doesn't seem to care you're saying if it had just been controversial but the ratings hadn't gone down Colin or it gone up yeah, we're gone. I, I, I think maybe I'm ignorant. Maybe I'm naive. I, I think the ratings dipping, like a legit tangible people stop watching. It's why my Drew Brees comment. Listen, I, I, I didn't agree with this comment because I don't personally care. And I think it's pretty clear at this point in time. I would say most Americans in some form or fashion have a family member, even if they've never met him. If it was World War II, an older, you know, that was a part of the military situation. But I, I think this is where the NFL is ultimately probably nervous. They can't say this. There are people, guy, and I meet people, and I guess I've met people that have said this to me, like I I stop watching the NFL after Kaepernick, or I won't watch it if they nail. I don't. I, again, I don't relate to that guy, but they do exist. I, yeah. Like that isn't disputable, right? Yeah. Yeah. And and the, tend I'll, tend to be a little older, I would say, but might still, be watching they, they this video. There. Like it's easy to see your tweets. Like I. I you know, because there's a lot of them. You get the you tweet about Colin, you'll get those replies from real people, not from like you know people just stirring shit up. I mean, but 
for me, having always believed that, like, and having lived in other countries, being born in another country, living on an Air Force base in another country, the most basic, or to me, one of the most, not to me, to the to America, one of the most basic tenets of the country is you have a right to protest, even if people disagree. And and so this is where Breeze comes in from a business standpoint. Drew apologizes, right? He does the, the handshake. He should have gone with a black and white cookie, but he goes with the handshake. Drew, come on. And people go, oh, it's not a great apology. He's getting crushed. He does the team phone call. Then he comes back. And I thought when he tweeted at, the, at Donald Trump to say, hey, clearly they got that together because, remember, Sean Payton had canceled Zoom meetings all offseason, remember? Yep. yep. So they mu- that must have been an ad lib on the fly. Yes. Maybe Drew Maybe goes Drew to Sean. Can you get everyone this. on a Zoom? Yep. Yeah. But when he tweeted at the president, what he became potentially for the NFL is somebody who can say, and this is his job now is going to be, to convince the people who think that kneeling for the anthem is disrespectful to the military or to the police. or His job is going to be to convince those people that he changed his mind for real, that he didn't come out with that most recent statement because he was bullied into it, because it's PR, because he's just got to protect his money. He's got to convince those people, I changed my mind. And the reason I changed my mind is because I listened to what my teammates had to say, and what I heard was that their kneeling had nothing to do with my two grandfathers. It had nothing to do with that. It has no, it's not a disrespect for my grandfathers. And it's an eye-opening thing. Like, I remember Collins' protest was the first time, as someone who had, who had supported his protest and supported the right, like, all that stuff I've always been all in on, but in an ignorant way, it had never occurred to me that someone would look at the flag and it wouldn't represent to them what it represented to me. And now I can't – I think about that every anthem, every game. I've been to a 1,000 games since then, right, call games. And I just think about it. I think about so – there's somebody in here who's standing with their maybe with their hand over their heart, and that flag doesn't mean the same thing to them because they've, they've had a different life. And so Drew, from a business standpoint, the NFL is going to need Drew Brees, right? Because if it beca- if players are kneeling and and the president's telling people boycott the sport, Breeze is going to have to kind of take. All right, Drew, you got this fight over here. This, this he was, we need you to handle I, this. I, I had, I had kind of forgotten since you just said that he was kind of pushing a little of that, wasn't he? Donald, let's not watch the NFL. Yeah. the NFL is anti-American, yep. and yep. that became a problem for the NFL. It you, felt like that was one of the big reasons the NFL had a problem. You. You you were right. I, I think Drew Brees can be the I, I hadn't thought about it till you told me this before we started the pod. Like that's actually genius. Uh it might have been one of your greatest takes ever. Like he could be their kind of guy. Cause again, like if you are like I think most people with common sense understand at this point in time, if you've just listened what Colin Kaepernick was trying to do. He said it over and over. He even said from the jump. And it, everything becomes so political. We've seen it with Corona. We saw it with Kaepernick. When Kaepernick was asked, because that in 2016, that was leading up to the election. So you're anti-Donald. You're pro-Hillary. He's like, no, I'm I'm anti. I think they're all out against it, right? I, I am. I don't have a. This isn't a political party statement. Right. He didn't vote. This, this, I'm not going to vote. He, he, I'm not going to vote because. And, and you know what? I, I, of everything he's ever done, listen. The the kneeling and with with the date Boyer, clear. I, what it became was in, intense and what he's had to deal with, whether you like him or not, like it, it was, it's pretty insane. Like his, his, what his life became. That he went, right? yeah, that he went through with it and kept going through with it. it but, and just the way everything played out, you know, and a guy that had such a promising career to just be out of the league and never get another shot and getting blackballed. And yeah. then he sued the league yeah. and whatever. But 
there is another fraction of people, and I think sometimes, and it definitely becomes this way on Twitter, it's like, well, if you don't believe like us, you're a fucking moron. Well, those people do believe that, just like you believe something. So there has to be some open dialogue, which clearly doesn't happen on social media, where a guy like Drew Brees, like when you say, when you say Tom Brady, when you talk about like the flag uh, analogy, when you call games or you go to the anthem, I heard, I saw Arian Foster said it this week, and you've heard a lot of players and black people say it over the years, like since Colin, it's clearly right. Like when I look at the flag, I see America, the Marines, my grandparents, us kicking ass in World War II, saving the world, like we SEAL Team 6. We're a bunch of bad motherfuckers, capitalism, America. It's been great to me and my family, and enables me to talk into a mic and make money. But I think since we talked last, uh, on Wednesday, I had an issue. I think we might have mentioned it on a YouTube. Maybe I, I don't even know. But I, I had an, an issue with a cop where I was parked in a wrong spot in Walnut Creek about going into an ATM, and he was kind of aggressive right off the top. And I wasn't aggressive back, but I just was like, yeah, man, I'm just, I, I'm good. I, my car's fine. You were stating your He's, case, right? Yeah, and he's like, no, your car is not fine. And then I realized, like, this is exactly what they're talking about. I'm like, my bad, bro. I'll move the car right now. I'm like, I'll take my car out and not even get any money. He's like, no problem. And it's like, you just start realizing, like, not everyone gets that treatment. Right. Like, that's privileged white guy right there. You know? And I didn't even, and it, it hit you after. Like, God, this is exactly what they're talking about. Uh, and I think Drew Brees can kind of be in the middle because he's a, when you say Drew Brees, I would say before, what was that, Wednesday or Thursday, whenever he kind of got thrown into the fire after that interview, he was universally liked. Black, white, sports people, non-sports people. You just say Drew Brees, you were going to get a positive interaction. You were at a dinner party, you were at a game, wherever. You'd be like, yeah, I like that Drew Brees. Yeah, and you just, It's going to be close, if not a 100% positive reviews. Where even Tom Brady, you're going to have a percentage of people think he's a cheater, percentage of people think he's a weirdo. Like, I'd say Drew Brees in the league of older players, elite player, elite guy, helped save Katrina. Remember, he donated his salary to Katrina. It just feels like he's just, he stood up for an area that went, like, when you say Louisiana and the Saints, like, it feels like he's kind of been a leader of a black community. And that's what kind of was so crazy about the whole thing. It's why... That my take on it was, I didn't know eventually Donald would get involved, even though I should have. But even before the Donald tweet, it was like, Drew Brees is a super high-level guy. He has been respected by every fucking person. And even after his apology, right away, what happened? And this is, you and I had talked about this last week. It's like, there is some nuance with, on Twitter, no one, it's just quick segments and, you know, uh, 240 characters. He has spent three straight, four straight years with Michael Thomas every day. So when Michael Thomas, 24 hours later, is like, I respect him. That's my quarterback. Of course, because he likes him, because they spend time with him. He knows his true character. Drew Brees has been years developing his true character. And now he actually is in this position, it almost feels, to kind of bring communities together, which is not going to be easy because all it takes is one divisive level tweet from Donald, which could happen at any moment, any moment. And once the kneeling thing comes back, which clearly I think is going to come back, just a guesstimate here on June 7th, in full force, like it wouldn't shock me if like teams are kneeling, right? And he'll get, the president will get involved then. Can Drew, 
I don't know. It's going to be it, – it might even be too big for him to even handle. You know, and, and the NFL might have to do. take it this time because they've kind of gone down this road of, hey, we are, we are on the side. Well, there's, o- of there's only one change. league that doesn't let you. There's only one league that, by their bylaws, doesn't let you kneel. Like the, it's not like the NFL didn't mandate you stand, right? Uh, right, right. I just, I just they, don't think you ever felt like the NFL was. So, like the players who knelt never felt they were supported by their league, right? Which is the irony. The NBA players all feel supported by their league. Exactly. Even though they're not allowed to net, kneel technically, even though you it'd be probably harder to kneel on the hardwood floor. But I think the NFL, and I go, I go back to, I think it was less racial and more just as sad as it sounds, simply dollars and cents, and they thought they would lose dollars and cents. I think they're pro their players in the sense of they will support them. Now, you'd be like, well, the guaranteed contract. Yeah. You could counter my argument. I don't know that they particularly care one way or the other about their players. You know, I don't know. I don't think they would act. I, I don't. I think they just want yeah, to make money. That, yeah. But okay. Yeah. They're indifferent. That's why if I told you that kneeling would be indifferent toward their business, wouldn't affect them at all. I don't think they think no. twice about it. I think why they get so negative on it because they thought it was going to cost them a lot of money right. on te- television. Yeah. And the counter and, and the counter right to that would be, well, hey, there are some things bigger than you. You guys are – you making less money is still you being filthy rich. Some things are bigger than that. And now, based on the way they've operated, they've kind of put themselves in a position where it's going to be hard for them to go back on they, it. They don't, they don't have a choice now. And so they're going to need Drew from that because again, and this I'll go back to what I said to start. For me, I think you're going to I think you're going to see coaches and stuff kneel this year. And I think like, the I'll, way I'll give people, you guys hopefully this pressure that the, on that the way this gets interpreted is different than when Colin did it by the people who maybe they do maybe they are able to I don't know that Colin changed my well maybe he did, but I'll I'll, I'll tell you a guy there's going to be some pressure on to do something a little different this time around. It's going to be Mike Tomlin because remember. The Pittsburgh Steelers refused to go on this on the field because here's another thing: it Bill wasn't away, as much though, the right? He came out of the tunnel, and Tomlin stood right next That's to right. him. That's right. Remember, standing by himself on the sideline by himself, and I I actually think Tomlin would get a lot of heat if he did something. But remember, a lot of it was probably I think the league office just always takes the heat. The league. A lot of it, remember, was kind of the teams. Even Mark Davis had said like he was anti it. A lot of coaches said they were anti it. Because again, at the time, 16, 17, it did feel immediately, despite them saying it was different, it was anti flag. Even though they kept saying it's not anti flag or it's not anti military, excuse me, anti military. And the league is so interwoven with the military. And a lot of owners clearly were like, don't want to be viewed as anti-military because they knew their fans. I just wonder. Well, because I, I don't, I don't think it's going to be any less of a slippery slope for some of these teams that aren't going to want to get involved with it. But it's just, I don't know what they do. Yeah. Beside, I mean, just allow their guys allow, to allow do it, it to happen. Yeah. I, um, I was uh, like a block up from me. There's this house that puts its flag out sometimes, and underneath it, you know, sometimes a lot of times you'll see the American flag, and underneath it you'll see like the POW flag. Yeah, this house has the American flag underneath it. They have a San Francisco Giants flag. Yeah, but it's not just like an orange flag with the Giants logo. It's the American flag in black and orange with black and orange stripes, and the Giants logo is where the stars are normally. Yeah, I think that being sold for thirty dollars is far more disrespectful to the flag than that. I mean, I shouldn't even compare it to whether it's more or less. If we just made a line of things, disrespectful or respectful, 
that's not respectful. I don't think. I well, guy. I, I and think it never really bugged NFL. me until a few years ago, and I'm like, this is so hypocritical. This what? Yeah, I, I think everything. You can't stand for social that, justice, but you can put your logo instead of the state stars and change I'll the colors. I, I think most of the people that get worked up, it all kind of gets back to money. It's it's the one thing I, I've gained a ton of respect for the peaceful protesters over the last week because there is just for the Broncos. Right? I saw Russell Westbrook kind of just going out walking. Like that's just it's not about money. Especially, like, Russell was not, like, taking selfies or anything. He's just out there walking. No camera or anything. Now, he got pictures when he's up on. Because everyone grabs him. They want him to speak. He, he led the walk in Compton, right? Or, like, Clay and Steph show up to the one in Oakland. Like, or the Broncos show up to the one downtown Denver. Like, to me, there is just some sweat equity there. You could, it's easy to tweet. And I, saw, I thought Jamie Foxx said it really well, like, I think on Thursday. Like, hey, celebrities, can you stop tweeting about this? Like, Leave your big ass house and come out here and walk. Like that's that's the whole point of this thing. And that's where I think back to what you originally opened up with this. I always struggle like the social media thing. I, I'm sorry, guy. You and I grew up with social media. We were inundated in it. And I I, I still think it's really hollow, even though it does have powerful abilities. I, I still think there is stuff to pick it up the phone, go on a fucking march, do put your body somewhere, stop tweeting. Because the easiest thing to do is to tweet something that everyone else is tweeting from the comforts of your own put, home. Make a donation. Put your money where your mouth is. I uh, Yeah. But it's this it's this weird thing, because it's like I've been in it the whole – since – when did I get on Twitter? 2005, maybe? Was Twitter around in 05? No, no, no. That's you too, no, no. Like not nine or 10. Yeah, or 09. I think, I think it was like August of 09, but I didn't tweet till like 10. Um, And so I do think so much of it is hollow, but I also saw a lot of stuff that I thought was really powerful and read a lot of stuff that was really powerful. So 100%. I'm not there's, saying, there's and a I know balance. you're not saying I know that there's either. a balance. I yeah. just felt like, okay, I agree with a lot of what I'm seeing. I don't want to join the choir. How can I say something different? And I don't know that I even found the right thing to say um, today, but I did. I don't know. That That's just what I kind of woke up thinking about today. Actually in the middle of the night I, was thinking I, about I, that. I think your, your overall point though, whether he is the guy that kind of binds everyone together or he's going to be someone that people are going to look for, I think Drew Brees is going to play a big role in 2020 fall with the NFL. From a business standpoint, the league's going to need him. Yeah. 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 And clearly, I think he, and this is why I had nothing but faith that he would rebound out of this, is I, my, my motto is just high-level people do high-level shit. And he's just too high-level of a person to not like, to just, people are like, is he just going to be silent? No, he'll be he is going to come back in some way. I don't. I didn't know exactly how he was going to do it, but it was no way he was just going to be from this point moving forward. Drew Brees, scumbag, loser, ignorant, uh, just yeah, just going to be an ugly year with the Saints. Like, yeah, that, that ain't happening. I, I like your high level quote because that reminds me of the story that Chappelle always tells about Kanye, young Kanye. Like before Kanye was big, you've heard, you know that story? Was it like, I'm Kanye, I do dope shit? Yeah, well, he's on the phone. He's like, what? He's hanging out with Chappelle while they edit Chappelle's show. And someone calls him and he's like, oh, I'm hanging with Chappelle. And he's like, yeah, my life is dope and I do dope shit. <laughs> like when Chappelle was at his height. I would say my, my ultimate, ultimate point is, and this is where I think Colin gets a lot of credit, is just now, today, there's still a lot to work for, but it's easier to say Black Lives Matter, to march, to donate, 
it's easier for the NFL to handle it as a league, right? It's easier to handle it today. Yeah. And someone has to be first, and it's usually not easy right for there. that person, right? It wasn't easy for Ali when when Tommy Smith and John Carlos came back. Musburger wrote an article. He was a writer at the time, calling them uh, dishonorable, not unpatriotic. He called them dishonorable. Basically, I, I, called I would dumb. have said his approval. I would have said his approval rating at the time probably, probably was really high. high. And one thing that one yeah. of, Tommy Smith said, he's like, it, it wasn't even. It was like a it was a human rights salute is what we were doing. And actually the the third guy on the podium is a white guy from Australia and he didn't What was that what was the event? The Olympics. But I'm saying what was like track their and event? field like 400 the mile Yeah, I'm not, not probably Yeah, not I don't mile. know. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um but uh the Australian guy he didn't uh put his fist up but he wore a patch and he got from what I read, Crushed like for the him. rest of his life in Australia, and certainly when he returned, he was not like welcome back as a social rights activist. But, you know, just because a law gets passed, just because slavery gets abolished or schools get desegregated or you don't have to uh, pass a literacy test to vote, just because a law gets passed doesn't mean the work's done. And I think ideally one day, like the flag doesn't stand for what we want it to stand for until it stands for for that for everybody so we haven't reached our um self-actualization the top of the pyramid like we're still getting there and i you know i hope all the work that so many people did um uh, is a step in that direction and i think that unlike the last time maybe the nfl can actually this is not we don't need more people who agree to agree we need more we need people to see it differently and that's yeah. in 2020 just one of the hardest things to get anybody to do everything's that, that to me back to my point on social media where i think sometimes it's positive stuff where things are said and if you really read them you're like god this guy's just saying this for saying it can also on the bad thing just get make it worse and make people and drive people away yeah right yeah just because it's but so divisive and so angry and it, it but that's probably anything. i will always default to talking over tweeting always because i i just maybe one day, hopefully, I'll be 80, and people, you know, like, my grandkids will make fun of me. Like, that's just old people think you should talk to each other. I don't know. Maybe I'll be wrong about that. But um, I was listening to a radio show yesterday, driving to get some food. Or maybe it was Friday. And I heard two callers. One of them said, did you know Colin didn't even vote? How can he be a hero? <laughs> uh, and, you know, I, I wanted I wanted, I almost, I wanted to tell the host, like, dude, all you have to say is, you, if it, if we waited for every perf- person to be perfect, no, we, we, everybody would be disqualified. But, it, but I think Colin, where I respect him on the vote thing, he'd go, "Who yeah. the hell do you want me to vote for? I don't trust it, either of perfect's them." Perfect's not and that's the right. I respect the most about for him. sure. But I'm saying like, perfect. If, if you want, if everybody had to fit in your box for what for their cause to be legitimate, nobody would ever fit in everybody's box, and nobody you would always find fault with somebody's cause. Perfect's not the right word because he had a. It's not like he just like ah fuck it. He just he had a reason. Um, and then I heard a woman call and say, you know, uh, older woman. She's like, I used to think that I used to say all lives matter. And listening to the caller, to people call in and explain, I understand now. And I was like, damn, OK. It kind of for the first that honestly, like little things, I'd kind of been just like, I, I think this is going to be a bunch of yelling. I don't know if it's going to change anything. And that kind of gave me a little pep. So. Hopefully, did you did you see the thing Kevin Hart tweeted it? This comedian, I think it's been going kind of viral. Michael Che is 
Uh, is that him? The guy from where SNL? He's like, yeah, where he's it's like, like matter yeah. is the bare minimum. Yeah, he's like, we're not black lives better. Not black lives of spirit. We're saying black lives matter. <laughs> you know, it's like, like civil you rights. Think about it like that. Civil. Like, God, he's asking for right. civil. I was like, God so damn, good. We put it like I watched that. that like, I watched that stand up a while ago. It's the whole thing is incredible. He's funny. Michael yeah. Che is fantastic. It's he's one of the two SNL with the guy who's dating uh, or married to uh, Scarlett Johansson. Weekend Update. He's pretty funny. Yeah. He's is he younger? Yeah. Like in his early thirties or something. Yeah, I assume I don't know, but younger guy. I mean, that whole bit. Like that the whole hair. bit was really good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mike uh, Berbiglia. I watched him. The guy that briefly dates Taylor Mason and Billions. Yeah, he's like the VC fund guy who like they're like flying cross cross country. They have a relationship early. Then she burns him because she gives acts some information and it undercuts his company you remember that guy what, what season is this uh probably season two mostly although he popped okay. up in season three at the the big vc retreat okay kind of white guy kind of yeah as he says he looks like somebody who starts p90x but never actually starts p90x anyway it turns out he's a com- if you googled him you'd re- remember him he's a comedian he's funny so funny. Yeah. I didn't realize. I had no idea. But I got to check that guy out. Check him out. Hey, John, let's tell the people about Raycon, the E25 True Wireless Earbuds, premium sound in a compact design. We got them, and you can get them, too, when you go to buyraycon.com slash ham. You get 15% off at buyraycon.com slash ham. Guy, you already know. Um. Do you want to talk about Clay and, y- and Giannis? Yeah, I got a quick take. Okay, give me your give me your Clay Giannis take. Well, it just got thrown out there again. Complete hypothetical. We're still two months away from the NBA somehow. They've waited three months to be two months away. So we're still doing a lot of hypotheticals this offseason. There are huge unknowns about money. Uh, I saw Giannis at a protest again. You know, I mean, these guys, especially in the NBA, you got to be walking like. Even Clay, who's six seven, got to be dramatically taller than the average guy walking these pros. I can't. Giannis is like seven feet tall. I mean, he's just got to be like that's fucking Giannis, especially in the area. You're like ah, so of course you're gonna give the guy the mic, and he just said like I want to raise my daughter. I don't want to worry about raising my daughter when I do it here in Milwaukee. And now again, you just just kind of talking. I don't. But for NBA drama, free agency, you can definitely twist it. So there is a good chance. The NBA cap, like the NFL cap, is a revenue share. That's how they get the salary cap. So with all the lost games, depending what they make, it could go down. So his best opportunity to make by far the most amount of money could be in uh, Milwaukee. But as we've seen, these guys are so rich. Like, it do- if you want to go somewhere else, you're going to be so rich and you're so good, it doesn't necessarily matter. If Giannis wants to leave Milwaukee, can leave Milwaukee. At the end of the day, sports, and I, I think Twitter has become like, when, whenever I see this, like, remember, athletes are people. No fucking shit. We're, we're talking about trades. This is part of the deal. This is what makes sports a big deal. <laughs> you know, trades and transactions. And guys get traded. It's part of the fucking league. 
I do think Clay is one of the rare guys who clearly is not a one, right? He's not like a Michael Jordan, a LeBron, a Steph. He's the two. Uh, and, you know, he's been a three, but part of that was Kevin Durant. But he's become, and he's kind of morphed into this really elite player. Like, if he's healthy, he's a lock all-star. Like, he's that, like, level two. He's not like, well, you know, he had a good year this year. He got in the, he's like, if he's healthy, he's going to the all-star game. So if you're that level two, you're pretty good, right, in, in, a, in a Western Conference. On paper, you just, if Clay Thompson, a number one pick or whatever, to get Giannis because he's like, I want to go to Golden State. From a basketball standpoint, like Giannis is way younger. He's got a chance to be like basically like uh, LeBron James, right? I mean, he's <laughs> he was probably going to be the back-to-back MVP of the league, right? The first back-to-back MVP since, I don't know, Steph Curry? You got to do the deal. I do, though. My first reaction is like, eh, I, I kind of want Clay to stay. Yeah. I enjoy watching him. And there's a level of like watching the Jordan documentary. It was like when I say the Utah Jazz or Seattle – See, or Seattle uh, Supersonics or the Houston Rockets or the New York Knicks. Like, you could just name their core two or three. You just, we all knew growing up, like, the Pacers, like, who their little group was. The other Davis brothers and Reggie and Mark Jackson or, you know, Oakley, Mason, and, and Ewing. You know, Stockton and Malone. But you could also name, like, two or three other, like, on Hornacek. They just had their kind of core groups. The NBA now is just, it feels like something me and you would play on a DraftKings. <laughs> like, you're just always switching. Listen, I, I can watch Giannis no matter. He's always on TV anyway. Like, I signed up for the Warriors for Stephen Clay. Yeah. I like Stephen Clay. Yeah. So, I, if it's if they never win again, like, I'm in for Steph and fucking Clay. So, I don't want Clay to get traded for Giannis. Because I – call me old school. Call me an idiot. Whatever. I, I would I would rather have Giannis if I was starting a team than Clay Thompson. But if Steph Curry and Draymond are here, I want Clay Thompson here. That's what I sign up for as a consumer. You, I want to watch those guys. Yeah, but you're not – Bob Myers, right? You're not Jaleco. If if you're in the draft, if you're in the uh, if you're in the front office, also meeting, if you're also Milwaukee, like I would, like that's actually not. If I get two ones at Clay Thompson, a guy under contract, it's if Giannis is going to leave, anyway, physical. it's pretty good. Now, also, it's like who knows? Maybe maybe he tells Milwaukee that's the only place I'm going to go. Every team knows that's the only place he's going to sign an extension. Milwaukee doesn't get two ones in Clay, right? Maybe their leverage. Who knows what their leverage would be to depend. Like he's not going but somewhere. The, but the but the but the Warriors would have to trade him just for salary cap purposes too, right? It'd be him or Draymond, and they would much rather have. I'm saying the ones. Yeah, yeah. You might not have to okay, include. Okay, so two. let's just say Clay Thompson but and whatever uh, Clay, two, Clay, and whatever. whatever you had to do. Yeah. If if we turned to you and said, "All right, John, the room split 50-50. Johnny West and Bob Myers and Steve Kerr and the late Kirk and Joe, uh, you're the tie. You're the you got to break the tie." You'd have to say yes. Trade Clay for Giannis, right? Well, the health of my franchise. Yeah, you just you're the G- right. You sure. would you would have to say that. But I agree with you. Like to me, now I'm not. You and I are not like. They will be immortals, guy. If they come back and win the another title, years, and, yeah, legends, legends. And honestly, Part of guy, sports, that's, I think they can. Like for that's if you're I a fan. If you're a fan, you, of course you could root for Giannis. It'd be so easy to root for Giannis. But such a big part of sports is, like, not just that you won, but that you did it, you know, with, like, your hometown team. And when I say your hometown team, I'm talking, like, you know, your your the, the high school, the basketball team from your local high school goes on and wins a state championship. That's cooler when it's all the kids that live in the neighborhood. Like, it's just cooler when it's your guys, whoever your guys are. I'm not a, I mean, a Warriors fan. Like, I 
you know, it's not what I just, I want to be entertained. And to me, like you and I were on the same page, Durant, like, of course, if you're the Warriors, you do it, but I don't know. It kind of took the drama out of the whole thing. I agree. But part of what made Durant much more seamless is you got to keep Steph Clay and Draymond, right? Yeah. You just got to get rid of Bogut and Harrison Barnes. Yeah. And it's not People like often, he's, Clay is not. This is not Bumgarner on the back end or Posey on the back end, right? This guy is still. You would you would think he's still got three, four all stars in him. We're coming back off the ACL. John, his game should translate. Three, four. I mean, might have more. Were you were you around him this year? Was the when you called the Washington State game? Was that like this pre-Corona? Yeah, that was that was January. We did. Clay Thompson's jersey was retired. I called the game. Remember, and Clay came. Remember and sat we at talked the table about. With us. Remember we talked about it on the podcast after like. How he went from, and even he's talking, the shy guy to being just in complete control of just, he's a personality now. He has, like it I, seems like, self-actualized, yes. Yeah, I mean, I, people on Twitter, just over time, and I think sometimes when I meet them and they know what I do, they're like, oh, you're a big Warriors fan. Like, well, no, I'm a Steph Clay Draymond guy, and I like Joe Lacob. But if you said Carl Anthony Towns and Devin Booker or James Harden were on the team, like, I, you wouldn't find me beating the drum. Like part of my deal with them is I respect the hell out of their core guy. Cause I've watched them. You just lived it. Like I, I'm a fan of those guys. And I listen, I like Giannis too. And he, he from every box, it feels like he checks superstardom. I mean, guy, if he's going to win potentially back-to-back MVPs at 25 years old, you'd say, oh, could he have like four or five wins? Like he could be his career arc. You could argue is like unlimited if like his jump shot could ever get to a better level. Like he could be, you know, I mean, we'll start checking off some championships. Right. Like all of a sudden you're like, God, is he a better player than who knows? Like where he's going to on the list. It could get really high. So it's, I do from, no one's arguing that Clay Thompson is better than Giannis in a vacuum. There is a level though, as a sports fan and as a consumer of like, I bought stock into this guy, and I want to ride it out. And I still think there's more profits to be made, and I enjoy owning this stock right. of Stephen Clay. Right. I enjoy – like, I, if you tell me they're back, they draft Wiseman, they make a trade exception for some random guy, it's like I, I just want to watch that little group play again. I do. And I, honestly, maybe I'm naive. I, I think a lot of people would agree with that thought process around here. They're all in on these guys. Why? Because they know them. It's, it gets back to, like – when you say the bum gardener type, like that's just your guy or, you know, over the, you know, the young and rice days or just any team over the years that just part of the reason the, the, uh, like the Lakers, right. Just not even Kobe, but just like Derek Fisher was one of their guys. Just some of the, you know, even Lamar Odom. It's like, well, I went to war with that guy for Paul Gasol becomes one of your well, guys. Think you about grow with them. Not to be, uh, and I, I listen, I like trades as much as the next guy, but there comes to a level when I really like the guy, it's like, well, if you could trade Max Scherzer for like, you know, Garrett Cole and Aaron Judge or whatever, you'd be like, well, it's a no-brainer. But if you're a national fan, you're like, I fucking love Max Scherzer. I, I sign up to watch Max Scherzer every five nights. He's won me a championship. I, I'll watch when his career ends. It might suck the last couple of years, but I'm in with him. I, I, and there's part of that, like, that of sports that I think sometimes the NBA, because every headline is always about like, well... They say they've targeted these seven free agents. They're willing to trade these eight players in their roster. Well, they only got 12 players in their roster. They're going to trade the whole team every year. And that's like every headline. Well, think about this, the nature of the sport. Like for you and I, I, for me, from a basketball standpoint, the last team I rooted for purely as a fan was the, you know, the Kings when they were good. Like our last couple years of high school, like the O2 Kings, right? 
And then I'd say I the early Giants, like 2010, I probably I was rooting for the Giants just as a fan then, I think. Um, as opposed to like now we just root for like, I just want cool stuff to happen. You root for people, whatever. Like I you can find me rooting for a Yankees. You don't, you know, the A's one year. What I mean, well, the guy, A's Aaron, are easy. Aaron Judge, for. Aaron Judge is from the Valley, Fresno State. I root for the shit out yeah. of Aaron Judge. Love but, the guy. But imagine the imagine the Kings get screwed. The next year they come back, they trade everybody. They somehow reload. The only guy left over is like Bibby, but like Christie and Weber and Peja. Like they, I don't know. They just do some crazy shit. Then they win the title. It'd be awesome. It wouldn't feel the same as if the other group had won the title, right? You'd still there'd be a parade. Everyone would be just as everyone would be thrilled. It wouldn't I, feel quite the same. I, God, I remember how much pride everyone had when Weber got hurt. The next year, they have like the best record in the NBA for the first, I think, like 50, 60 games. It was just Doug, Bobby, Bibby, Flotty, Pollard, maybe Hedo was there. And it was just like, God, this team is just, this is sweet. Now, Weber's coming back, forced him in the start, the Moose, like, forced him in the starting lineup, and it kind of threw everything off. Because he was never the same after his bad knee injury, remember? But it was just, you resonated with those players. Like, when you hear Warriors, like, diehard Warriors fans, they just have a lot of respect for that We Believe team. You just felt like some of those guys are Baron Davis or, I'd say the TMC guys, like Chris Mullen, uh, Hardaway, like you draft that guy. There is something to be said about if Nick Bosa becomes an all-time great player, if you're a Niner fan in 10 years, you're like, I, I watched that. I just guy became part of my routine as a sports fan. Like, that was just my guy, right? Or Fred Warner or George Kittle. When you draft them, you cultivate them, they become a star, and then you win with them. I, I'm pro-free agency as much as anybody, but – I don't know. By the I, way, do you remember? I remember Weber misses a three that would have tied it against the Timberwolves at the end of that series. They lose the right with like 20 seconds left. Weber ends up, I think it was like in the near right corner. Miss, and I remember that's when I realized like this thing's over. That I remember feeling that on that shot. Like this is over. Yeah, I think that was our freshman year in college. Didn't KG have like a triple-double in game? Was that game seven? I think it was game seven, yeah. It was uh yeah, it was game seven. Yeah, it was game seven. But that's that's the thing, like it you look back on that little run, it was really just like two or three years. It really wasn't as long as you quite felt. Now right. they kept winning, but they were never And they like, were solid and then go, they traded Jason yeah. Williams, right? Before but like that. could this team win the championship? Where I think if you're the Warriors and again, it's it is about big picture, right? Because you would say the Giants screwed up probably in like 15, 16, not pivoting on some guys mm-hmm. that maybe the new age minds would do, the, the San Francisco Giants. Like Belichick never would have gotten the predicament that they ended up with. But I do think there's an, a balance. Like even look at Belichick, who I think becomes like the Billy Belichick and Billy Bean. Just trade everybody always early. Well, look at the core guys that they won the championships with over this decade. It, the team didn't change that much, did it, guy? It was like McCordy, Hightower, you know, Gronk, Edelman. Like, you do, you can keep your own guys and kind of add. Now it's a little different in the NBA, right? Because the a top two or three player, you just can never turn down. And maybe maybe that is just middle cop, your whole conversation. Like, listen, you love Clay Thompson. How do you ever yeah. turn down a guy that might be a top ten player? Ever? But, the, but this is where we go back to maybe wrap it up here. Is like your initial point in mind is not it, you shouldn't do the deal. It's I hope they don't do the deal. Two yeah. different well, things. I hope it's not even an opportunity. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, 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 mean, I want Giannis to stay on the Bucks. I want these guys who have established that they're stars in a certain place 
to be a star in that place because I think it's bad for the league when guys are moving all the time. I, I agree. I hope they win the the wide world of sports championship this year. <laughs> Do you know that the Suns somehow made the trip? Did you see that? Suns and Wizards, like the last two teams that got invited. How about that? <laughs> One team from the up. East. I, I do think it came, I heard someone say, like, there had to be a balance of, like, making a schedule. If you're not going to bring everyone back, right. the 22 number, I think, was easier than the 20 number to get games in. Do you, you know the way they set up a playoff, like a seven-game series, right? You play, you know, Monday, Tuesday at Oracle, then you fly somewhere and you play Thursday, Friday. Do you think the scheduling of a seven-game series, because they're literally all at the same place, will be different? Tighter? Do you think they can be more... Well, more and more flexible. Like if both series are over, there's not set dates when oh, you start in two days. Yeah. And why? Why are you going to need like two days off? We're going to do hang out. Yeah, hang out in your sea level hotel. I saw someone tweeted like, if you are going to Disney World expecting to see Giannis or LeBron just walking around the park, don't be fooled. They will not be allowed. I was like, I mean, are people really going to go to Disney World expecting to just see them walking around the park? And and honestly. Are you really going to be able to be like, LeBron, you're not allowed to do this? Because I'd say that is not the way how the NBA has operated. That's going to be yeah. a little bit tougher right. to just be like, I've had hey, enough uh, of my hotel room watching these people <laughs> yeah, on hey, a roller coaster. <laughs> yeah, Magic hey, Mountain, Harden, here I come. You are not allowed to go to the other hotel and kick it. There are going to be pictures. I will be stunned if like James from, from Georgia on vacation with dad isn't in line with like next to Russell Westbrook or something. Won't you? Like, I, I think that'll be very, very difficult to corral these guys worth hundreds of millions Just, of dollars. I'm not asking that who much are used to, Yeah. Who are used to taking, you know, dictating everything. There's like, yeah, we're good. Well, whatever you tell us to do, we'll do. I'll be shocked if there ain't a picture of like Russ or James or any of these, even if it may be random guys just on a ride. And I wouldn't blame them. All right. On that note, adios. Let's have a good week, people. All right. Get in the DraftKings game. Yeah, get in. Control it. you can control. Yes, let's win some money. Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. Get 16 ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% lean ground sirloin for 4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca Cola, Pepsi, or Seven Up. All with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.